Welcome to Let's Do Lunch. Uh, my name is Inez, and I have my guest here with me, Randy Nicole. She's actually my daughter, very gifted in the prophetic. And we're here today because um, we always have interesting conversations. And so I just wanted to just bounce some things off of you today. Uh, when I spoke with you yesterday, you were talking about the children of Israel. Um, I don't know how I got this from it, but anyway, I was just reading in Joshua chapter 5 today, 5, 11, and 12. And I was reading that they ate of the old, after they ate of the old corn, the manna ceased. And I thought that's funny because the word corn means passed or kept over, but it also means crossed or transit, you know, mm -hmm. and do something, cross or transit. But then when they ate of the, the fruit of the land, that means income that is produced, revenue or increase. And it's funny because I, what I got from that was when we, um, you know how God takes care of us for so long, then it's like, okay, you start producing your own fruit. You start, you know, going out making your own living, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just found that was interesting. And what's more interesting than not is that um, Canaan seems to be that place that we're all heading to. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because Hanan, Canaan means humiliated humility and so I was thinking I wonder if in order to enter this new land this promised land mm -hmm. humility is the key mm -hmm. you know humility is humility is the key so anyway it's just that random thought that I had um yeah mm -hmm. I think to add to that the humility but also unity I would say are those those are two big things that have been highlighted lately um, because it takes humility to walk in unity. Mm -hmm. And um, even like in Psalm 133 where it talks about, behold, how good and how pleasing it is for those to dwell in unity, to dwell in unity one with another, um, there's a commanded blessing on that. So it's interesting that you're pointing out the um, humility that's needed to enter into the blessing. But there's also the unity that's needed to enter into the blessing. So that's something that's been really big on my heart where – we're not going to be able to enter into the fullness of what God is doing in this time without unity among the brethren, but also recognizing that each joint is supplying something to the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we can't expect to enter into the fullness as an individual. There needs to be a dying to self in a sense in order to actually be in unity and move together as a body. If we're mm -hmm. called the body of Christ, we have to be in unity one with another. Mm -hmm. So, it's just interesting. I feel like those two things are so parallel. It's interesting you saying that because then I was reading Joshua chapter 6 when they were getting ready to go into Jericho. And when he told them to go about the city once, that means united. Mm -hmm. So it's funny. funny. I know. It means united. And what's funny about that is uh, how God went before them. But when they went into the city, the priest, they went ahead, mm -hmm. then the ark, and then the real regard, reward mm. went. And those are the ones that, but before that, when the priest went in ahead of time, the custom was to clear the path to make sure nothing's in the way of the Lord. That's why mm. they went first. 
because he was in the ark or the, being carried within the ark. And so they cleared the path, making sure no nothing they couldn't stumble, mm-hmm. which is funny, which, um, yeah, I just found that funny. That's even interesting, the preparation, <laughs> because we were talking the other day about, um, and it was from Joshua 5, 5 through 12, um, the whole conversation really started from the idea of the reproach being removed. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Joshua 5, first of all, it was just talking about the circumcision that had to take place. Mm-hmm. So there was a new people that were entering into the promised land, and they hadn't yet been circumcised. So mm-hmm. first they had to be circumcised, then there had to be a healing process. Mm-hmm. So just looking at the order of preparation, I feel like in this time, the Lord is performing a circumcision, so to speak, of the heart, mm-hmm. where he's cutting certain things away um, from our desires, certain mindsets, certain things in our lives. I think even with this year, mm-hmm. we've seen... Um, with everything in 2020, there's been a lot of stripping away, a lot of cutting away. Mm-hmm. And so really it's been a year of circumcision where the Lord's cutting some things out that didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with circumcision, there's um, a renewing of covenant that goes along with circumcision. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the Lord's cutting things away and then reestablishing certain things, reestablishing covenant. Mm-hmm. And then he gave them time to heal. It says that they remained there until they were whole, which I think is so beautiful that he, wants a whole people going mm-hmm. into the new day. So even if we think of us as the body of Christ, what does it look like to be whole? It has to be what each member is bringing to the body. Mm-hmm. There's a time where we actually wait until we're whole before we can enter into the new thing that the Lord is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were able to enter into it and start to eat of the new thing. And the old thing was done away with. But he also said, this day I've removed the reproach, which speaks of shame or a curse or something that was lingering on them from the old. And so, um, yeah, I feel like God's doing a combination of Mm -hmm. all those things right now. He's cutting things away. He's bringing us to a whole unit. Mm -hmm. By bringing unity, it takes humility. Really, even if you look at these men, they were grown men at this point, Mm -hmm. most of them that were getting circumcised. That has to be a humbling experience in and of itself. Right. And so coming to a spot where they are being made whole and in unity the reproach is being removed, and he's saying, not only am I getting rid of something, but I'm adding something to you. And that's so right. the way that the Lord works. He mm-hmm. doesn't just take something. He brings something new that's mm-hmm. fulfilling. Yeah, you know, it's funny you're saying that because um, I was focusing on the word manna, mm-hmm. meaning what is this? And it's funny because once that ceased, mm-hmm. the wondering what you're Therefore, what's your purpose? Mm-hmm. All of this cease because mm-hmm. they got to where they're going. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hmm, that's interesting. They the start, whatness. The whatness, <laughs> yes. That that ceased because mm-hmm. they entered into their where they were going. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just found all that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. What else do I have here? It's funny because when they were going, when he told Joshua in chapter 6, Joshua 6, mm-hmm. um, that he was going to give the Jericho into his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that city, it means through the idea of, of opening the eyes to awake. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny when you look up these words, it's like. That's interesting because <laughs> it kind of brings me to something that was on my mind. With We've been talking a lot about hope. Mm-hmm. And that's been so heavy on my heart to just um, for people to recognize that hope is as long as you are living Mm -hmm. hope is 
a thing, you know. Right. Hope is alive as long as you're not dead kind of thing. And even after death, there's still there's hope. hope. So, right. really, you're, you're because Christ hoping, is alive. But... There's always hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but how you were talking about your eyes being opened to seeing something, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about how the Lord was so faithful to Abraham to give him a picture of hope mm-hmm. and how we can have that same reality because we have the word of God. And it's funny, Abraham didn't have the Bible mm-hmm. for um, to create a picture of hope. So the Lord took him out and showed him, this is what I have before you. Look mm-hmm. at the stars in the heavens. Look at the sand on the seashore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to multiply you in this way. So he gave him a picture of hope. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, when we read the scripture, it creates a picture of hope for us. And I was thinking about, okay, Hebrews 11, 6, or 11, um, what is it, 11, 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen we were talking the other day about how mm-hmm. when you would take us to the library when we were little we'd go to pick out a movie and we'd go find a movie that we wanted and there was the box the mm-hmm. picture we could see what we were getting but yeah. then if you look at the case which they were vhs's there was styrofoam inserted into the case mm-hmm. it wasn't the actual movie mm-hmm. but there was a picture of the thing yeah. and so faith is the substance of the thing hoped for so the case the picture was the hope Mm -hmm. and then we had to actually take steps of faith to go get the actual movie to watch but there was a picture of hope Mm -hmm. which is so interesting and I was thinking about it this morning where it talks about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God Mm -hmm. well that's why the more we hear the word of God it gives us a picture of hope Mm -hmm. and gives us something for us to fill that substance or pour that substance of faith into so it's like hope is the container we pour the faith into it if faith is the substance of the things hoped for without hope there's no nothing for faith to fill or to fulfill yes exactly no i love that and when i was using my analogy of the airplane and when you mentioned (laughs) that video that was like the perfect picture Mm -hmm. that was the perfect picture yeah because there's an exchange and it's like A lot of people focus on faith, which obviously faith is the thing that gets it done. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have hope first, Mm -hmm. there's nothing for faith to fulfill. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere to put your faith. It's Mm -hmm. like you're shooting at, there's no target to shoot at without a picture of hope. Mm -hmm. And so to get a picture of hope, our hope obviously has to be found in the word of God. And I was even reading this morning in Psalm 119. It's amazing how many times David was talking about the word of God being his hope. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we make our hope into whatever things we can dream up. And yes, God gives us visions, obviously, and dreams of mm-hmm. things he'll put on our heart. But it has to be rooted and founded in the word. And so even in Psalm 119, there are four different times David was talking about the word. Um, verse 49, remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Verse 81, my soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word. Verse 114, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Verse 116, upon me, um, oh, excuse me, uphold me according to your word that I may live and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. And so it's amazing that David recognized it's the word of God mm-hmm. that is our founding for hope. Mm-hmm. And it's no wonder that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm-hmm. It creates a picture of hope. Mm-hmm. I agree. Even when it talks about our faith, our hope, Christ is our hope. Um, and he is the word, which is, that is awesome. Mm, yes. And uh-huh. even um, Abraham, that it says, against all hope, in hope believed. In hope believed. A lot of people just talk about 
he had he's our father of faith but a lot of people skip the fact that it was in hope that he was believing he had something specific he was hoping for and hope isn't just wishful thinking we know that it's a confident expectation a joyous expectation Mm -hmm. to see the thing that the lord's speaking Mm -hmm. and so even um with the verse hope deferred makes the heart grow sick most people will focus on hope in that sense in Mm -hmm. the deferred sense yes instead of in the second half of the verse where it says but when the desire comes it's a tree of life we have to have hope looking to that end yes of the tree of life the desire fulfilled instead of everybody saying oh my hope's deferred we have to be like David and encourage ourselves in the Lord and say, no, my hope is going to be in his word. My hope's going to be in the Lord. And he's constant. He's faithful. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've seen in 2020, not much is constant or faithful mm-hmm. um, around us. So I know. But he has been, even in the midst of this he has been. fire. So mm-hmm. we're thankful for that, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, Psalm, one, Psalm 33 was on my heart since yesterday mm-hmm. and it's a rejoicing psalm mm-hmm. it's just about rejoicing and I think this is the time that we are to rejoice because I think the Lord is doing something and I keep hearing over and over about rejoicing the other day when we were doing that zoom meeting um I just keep hearing rejoicing mm-hmm. psalm 33 just kept coming to my mind mm-hmm. and it, and we're rejoicing because our hope is in him and if we're wanting what he wants in our lives, just walking with him, there's hope. He says that his plans for our, us are good plans, give us a future hope. And just rejoicing in just who he is, I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing that's been on my heart. Um, and you said Psalm 33. Mm-hmm. That's also on my notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Verses 18 through 22, I'm just going to read it. Mm-hmm. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those whose who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you, just as we hope in you. Let your Mm -hmm. mercy be upon us. And we can rejoice because we have a living hope. True. That's true. And a lot of people hope in, when we hope in things, it's nothing wrong with the hope in the things. Even if we believe these things are from God, I always go back to, I got to take it to, I got to stand on what his word, what his word is saying. Okay, I acknowledged him in all my words, as it says in Proverbs chapter 3. I I committed my ways to him. Mm -hmm. I acknowledged him. He will direct. Mm-hmm. So I have to trust that. Yes. Not period. What, yeah, period. Mm-hmm. So when I'm ending up here, no matter how it looks, mm-hmm. I trust that he got me to this point mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. And But a lot of people take the hope, like, I thought you were going to do this. It's like, mm-hmm. I have to go back to his word so that I can get my faculties back <laughs> together because I might have strayed. But it's like, no, he said he's directing. So I have to trust that his word says this. So. Mm-hmm. That's even like something, Robin, my sister, um, which she'll always say, expect something great, but not necessarily something specific. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because if we start expecting specific things, we're boxing God in and saying, if you don't come through in this way, you're not faithful and it doesn't work like that. Right. And so it's expecting God to be God mm-hmm. and him to be good. Even if we don't see the end result, I was actually thinking about something today 
about um, the verse where he says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I don't think we really know the fullness of what that means. We just think, okay, he loves me a lot. No, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's an everlasting, long-run kind of love. Mm -hmm. Like if you love somebody in a sense of everlasting, you're looking from now through eternity. There's Mm -hmm. a long-run kind of vision for Mm -hmm. what that love looks like. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like if a child were to ask for, and I know people use this analogy all the time, but if a five-year-old asks for keys to a car, you have long-run kind of love for that child (laughs) that you're not going to entrust them just yet with that thing because you have the long run in mind Mm -hmm. so with jesus a lot or with god with jesus a lot of times he will allow our path to take certain winds and turns that we weren't expecting Mm -hmm. and we think that they are harsh turns or he's not coming through on what we thought was supposed to happen Mm -hmm. but he's got the long run in mind and it makes me think of um balaam Mm -hmm. when he was supposed to be a prophet of the lord and Mm -hmm. he (laughs) ended up taking his own liberties and decided he's going to start cursing the people of God, mm-hmm. God even have, having mercy on him mm-hmm. in the fact that the donkey he was riding on was allowed to have open eyes to see the angel before him stopping his path. Mm-hmm. And Balaam couldn't see the danger that was in front of him. The angel of the Lord was literally there to destroy, destroy him. him. Mm-hmm. But the Lord, having mercy, allowed this donkey, this lowly donkey, <laughs> have his eyes open and see this and kept diverting out of the way and all the while Balaam's getting angry beating this poor donkey and then the donkey turns out of the way and crushes his leg against the wall and obviously Balaam's in pain it's like now you're crushing my leg this donkey's not cooperating how many times is that us mm-hmm. and we're having a hissy fit like mm-hmm. god this is not going my way I keep steering off the path now I'm in pain I'm getting crushed against the wall and the Lord sees there's something ahead of us that he's actually protecting us from right and it's amazing too this is supposed to be the prophet of the lord who has who's the mouthpiece for god Mm -hmm. and in that moment god uses a donkey to be his mouthpiece talk about humility (laughs) it's like this prophet's supposed to be god's mouthpiece. yeah and i think about even the mercy seat how we talk about the sacrifice of jesus being on the mercy seat Mm -hmm. literally this donkey became balaam's mercy seat he was literally sitting on Mm -hmm. a seat of mercy Mm -hmm. that this donkey became for him to open his mouth and say dude, you're about to get annihilated. You can't see it, but I can. And then he had his humbling moment like, yes. oh, yes. God had mercy. And it says it's of the Lord's great mercies that we're not consumed. Yes. It's that long run kind of love that a lot of times will allow us to be diverted mm-hmm. off of the path we quote unquote thought we were supposed to be on mm-hmm. or allow us to be crushed against the wall mm-hmm. and experience certain pains mm-hmm. because he sees the big picture mm-hmm. he sees well you know it's funny because you're talking about that long-term everlasting love he mm-hmm. loves us with it's amazing how a lot of us not just not me but me as well when we have a the lord to show us something mm-hmm. because he wants us to head in a certain direction mm-hmm. but a lot of times people will make that one thing that he showed us the goal mm-hmm. and we need to realize nope 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 he, he needs to get you heading here. And in order to do that, you have to have your eye over here because you're supposed to go to to this city or yeah. this place. We or have this, our eye on Z. We have said, I just need you to get to D, yes. and then we're jetting to the left. Yes, but so many times we put it on the thing he showed us mm-hmm. so that we can get go in that direction, mm-hmm. and we become disappointed mm-hmm. because it's like, I thought you told me to come here because this was happening. It's mm-hmm. like, I really just wanted you to go Start to Pontiac. I just wanted you to go to Pontiac. I had to show you the silver dome in order to get <laughs> you to go there. You right. know? And so that's when it's like our steps are ordered. Yeah. And it's a daily, Lord, okay, is this abiding. what I'm heading? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an abiding in him. And also, 
uh, seeking him every day if he if we're heading in a certain mm-hmm. direction because yeah. every day our, you know we need to mm-hmm. not look Check past in. today mm-hmm. you know don't yeah. look past today look only right. for to i mean look only for today mm-hmm. and it's like okay our steps are ordered mm-hmm. so it's like okay here's the next step what do i do keep going okay keep going because there's so many times over and over that i've had it somewhere and before I even got there, I knew why I was there because it's mm-hmm. like I had to minister to people. It's like, okay, this is why you did this. Mm-hmm. But anyway. That's even like Abraham. Thank God he kept listening because God said, sacrifice your son. Mm-hmm. In our mind, we think sacrifice means put him on the altar, kill him. Mm-hmm. The deed is done. But to sacrifice something can mean so many different things. It can just mean surrender this thing to me. Mm-hmm. If Abraham would have stopped listening after the initial command to sacrifice your son, mm-hmm. And he's thinking, okay, the end result means death. Mm-hmm. He would have gone through with it. And the I know. Angels he wouldn't him. have heard him say, hey, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah, like. you made it. You, you were faithful. You listened to what mm-hmm. I said. And now it's going to look a little different, mm-hmm. and I have a provision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. No, I agree. But you know what? All of this is a lot of times it takes just experience, walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. listening to wise people. because mm-hmm. it's, And no matter how wise you are, you're still walking and you still, God's going to keep you humble if you yes. allow him to, because you're not going to out God, God, you're right. not going to outpower him. Mm-hmm. And we're going to always have a need for him. Um, mm-hmm. And he's going to make sure mm-hmm. that we stay in a position if we allow him to, unless we go off like Saul into his own little thing, mm-hmm. um, just doing what he felt was the right thing to do until he got that anointed anointing. Mm-hmm taken right from him mm-hmm. um and it's funny speaking about Saul I was thinking about him earlier in the week how I just see him as this kid for some reason as this young boy when he went to look for his father's sheep mm-hmm. and then he when he became king I feel sorry for him mm-hmm. I, I really feel sorry for him because he had God chose him, mm-hmm. but he kept doing his own thing. It's interesting, though, because if you think about it, the children of Israel were crying out, give us a king, give us a king. God gave them what they asked for almost in the spirit in which they asked for it because their request was a childish one. Mm-hmm. And because it's everyone almost, else had one. We yeah. want one, too. And it's almost like he rewarded them, not only with the quote-unquote thing they were asking for, but one that was kind of their kind, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary. He was saying... I would rather be your God and I can actually teach you to be like me Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I can give you something at the level that you're at because all you can see is what's in front of you in this moment Mm -hmm. and you don't want to actually trust me to expand you into something bigger to be unlike them, Mm -hmm. to be like me, but Mm -hmm. you want to be like them Mm -hmm. and it caps you at all you've known. Mm -hmm. And so I'll actually give you the thing that you're asking for and it will be basically no further along in maturity than you. Right. I like that. That was a good word. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good word. But um, anyway, I um, just wonder if there's anything else the Lord can put on your heart. Um, one thing with the thought of not looking too far ahead. It's interesting. I was just thinking I had something written down. Um, even with our hope and kind of having vision for what's to come and having a picture of hope. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how quickly we can shift from faith into anxiety 
because if we the minute we look too far ahead mm-hmm. all of a sudden anxiety can easily creep in mm-hmm. and i think a good telltale sign of whether you're looking far enough ahead or too far mm-hmm. is the minute you start shifting into anxiety mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you've looked too far ahead or mm-hmm. frustration now you're looking too far ahead mm-hmm. you know it's like you can have the big picture but if my eyes are outside of my body and they're so far ahead mm-hmm. i know i should i shared this picture of this visual that God gave me of this cartoon person where they literally took their eyes out of their head and threw them (laughs) far in front of them. So the person was left without their eyes. So God was showing me if we throw our eyes too far ahead, Mm -hmm. we're left as a body without eyes to actually experience and be aware of our present and enjoy Mm -hmm. our present. Mm -hmm. And our eyes are in a place that our body cannot experience. Mm. So if your eyes are too far ahead, you're, not effective in the moment mm-hmm. and you can't enjoy what your eyes are seeing because your body's <laughs> You're still not back there in. i know yeah so we have to keep our eyes in our head and only see as far as our eyes can see mm-hmm. while they're still in our body yes we can have eyes of faith to see the bigger picture but we have to live from the present moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um one last thought just on the topic of um, hope, mm-hmm. um, just the Shunammite woman mm-hmm. that I've been stuck on mm-hmm. from Second Kings four, and I'll just kind of give a synopsis of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea that there was this woman of God mm-hmm. who was faithful. Every time she saw the man of God passing, she actually decided to host this man of God and host the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the fact that it was in the city of Shunem, which means rest. So it makes me have that picture of there's this woman of rest. She's literally abiding in rest. Mm-hmm. There's this man of God passing through. She was faithful. And the man of God noticed this faithfulness and said, how can I bless you? She didn't ask for a blessing. She didn't seek this thing out. But the man of God noticed her because of her faithfulness. And actually the servant's the one that said she needs a child. And his name actually means Valley of Vision. Gehazi, the servant. The servant. Means mm-hmm. Valley of Vision. So he actually had the vision to see her need. Mm-hmm. So Elijah says, this time next year, you're going to have a child. And she ended up saying, basically, don't lie to me. Like, I mm-hmm. don't want to be deceived. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, anyways, by the time he said she would have the child, she ended up having the child. Mm-hmm. The child grew up. And then the child got sick. The child died. And I think it's interesting because her response was to take the child into the bedroom of the man of God, place him in there, the place where the presence of God was dwelling, basically, where she hosted the presence of God well. She put him in there and shut the door. That word shut the door means to surrender. Mm. She surrendered it. When she came out, having shut the door and surrendered, she came out and they asked basically her status. She said, it will be well. Mm-hmm. That word well is Shalom, Mm -hmm. which is the word we usually use for the word peace. Mm -hmm. Shalom means to be safe in mind, body, or state. It means to make or be completed. It means to make amends, to be full, to give again, to make good, recompense, to reward, to restore. So it's nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Mm -hmm. Perfect wholeness. Mm -hmm. She said, it shall be Shalom. Mm-hmm. Then she sought the man of God and told her servants, drive these horses or whatever she was riding <laughs> as fast as you can, get me to him. Mm-hmm. From the journey of going 
from where she was to where the man of God was. It went from being, it will be Shalom. Mm -hmm. She meets the man of God and he said, how are you? How's your husband? How's your child? And she said, it is Shalom. And I just love that by the time she got there, Mm -hmm. she had surrendered the thing and her declaration went from it shall be to it is. Mm -hmm. Then Elijah sends the Valley of Vision, Gehazi, the servant, ahead of him with the staff. He gets there. The child's dead. But then the man of God comes and shuts himself in with the child. And it also means to surrender. But Mm -hmm. he petitioned before the Lord on her behalf. And by the time he came back out, Mm -hmm. the child was alive. But I just love that picture of it shall be mm-hmm. shalom. And she had a picture of what it could be. There's the hope. It shall be. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing what it can be. By the time she got there, now she's acting in faith. Mm-hmm. It is shalom. Mm-hmm. By the time the man of God came on the scene, petitioned for her, it was like her work was already done. Mm-hmm. And it was in the man of God's hands or the work of the Holy Spirit at this point because she went, she did, she had her journey and then the Lord took it from there. Mm. That's a good word. I love it. I love that. I don't know how I got this out of what you were saying, but um, when you um, were talking about that, for some reason I thought about Ruth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought about Ruth, and I thought about how she um, stuck with Naomi Mm -hmm. and said, your God will be my God, and your people, my people, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it's amazing because Boaz was they were he was the kinsman redeemer, mm-hmm. um, and he said that there's one closer than me, mm-hmm. and so that guy didn't want to give up anything. His um, he said he'll take the lamb, but he didn't want to mar his name and take Naomi and bring seed to Naomi's husband. Um, so Boaz ended up doing it. But what I find interesting is that the Lord is our kinsman redeemer, mm-hmm. and even though. Naomi, they lost mm. everything she could have. She lost her mm. husband, her whole life. And uh, Ruth comes with nothing, too. They're just nothing. They come, but they did have something because they sold it. We know the thing. But anyway, I just see God, the Lord, as our kinsman redeemer. Mm-hmm. And nothing's ever all lost mm-hmm. because he's... Buying it, he's buying it back, mm-hmm. purchasing it back for us. He's and allowing his name to be marred, marred in yes. order to make that purchase. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I thought about that, and it's like you know what? You're our kinsman redeemer. So no matter how bad things look in our lives, how much loss we have, mm-hmm. it he will turn it around because he will not allow us to be destitute. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I don't know how I got that from what you were saying. But that leads me to another thought. Okay. <laughs> So even um, with the Shunammite woman, it's interesting that when it talks about her falling at the feet of the man of God, mm-hmm. I instantly thought about the picture of Mary when Lazarus died and Mary and Martha are telling Jesus, if you would have been here, he mm-hmm. would not have died. Mm-hmm. And Mary falls at his feet weeping. Mm-hmm. And I even love that Jesus was emotionally moved by that. Mm-hmm. He groaned in his spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not... He's not detached from our emotional state when we're going through these things. He's not cold and callous knowing, don't you know the end of the story? I'm good. <laughs> like, know. I'm going to work it out. He's actually moved by our our emotion in the midst of it and by our pain in the midst of it. And he actually submitted himself to the pain of feeling it as well. Mm-hmm. And even this was somebody that Jesus loved that died. Mm-hmm. And even though he knew the end of the story, it's like, then why are you crying? Mm-hmm. But he actually accompanies us in our pain mm-hmm. and doesn't act like it's invalid to feel Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, Mary falls at his feet. And even with Martha, when he's saying, did I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? And he's saying, it's good that I wasn't here for my disciples to see that I was going to come through for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's amazing that Mary's the one that's at his feet crying in chapter 11 of John. And in chapter 12, she's at his feet, anointing his feet in worship. Mm -hmm. And I just love that it's her again, Mm -hmm. back in that place. And it's like, she's been here before the Mm -hmm. first time with weeping and he's turned her mourning into Mm -hmm. a place of rejoicing and our pain when he meets us in our pain becomes our place of rejoicing mm-hmm. and of worship. And all of a sudden there's a fragrance filling the room and people are looking at her like, get this girl out of here. She mm-hmm. does, she know she's wasting all this on him as a waste. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but did you read in chapter 11, what she had lost yes. and what Jesus had restored to her? And obviously she already had her own past of other things she was delivered from, let mm-hmm. alone the brother. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Mm-hmm. It's amazing out of that pain, that worship that comes forth. And you know, even how you're talking about this being a time to rejoice in the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's like knowing his faithfulness, we can rejoice ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But how much more in rejoicing in what he's already done. Right. For sure. What I find interesting about Mary and Martha is when Jesus first came, Mary stayed in the, in the house. Mm-hmm. I wonder what she she was probably lost hope mm-hmm. in, in the Lord. Until Martha mm-hmm. said he's calling for you. Mm -hmm. I was just reading that yesterday Mm -hmm. and I love that it took him actually calling for her. Mm -hmm. And how many times is that us? Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes we're the one that'll run to him and start arguing saying, Mm -hmm. if you were here, but other times we don't even have that amount of hope. We're just lost. Done. done, Yeah. Hopeless. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and that's why he's the lifter up of our heads and he comes through. It's like, I know, I know. Like the thing I was reading earlier, he's like, but you know what? He is so good. No, mm-hmm. he is really good. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just yeah. good. Yeah, he is faithful. And mm-hmm. there's always hope, period. And it's in him, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, this was a very good talk today. Um, and hopefully you can join me another time on Let's Do Lunch. <laughs> I really enjoy talking to you. It's really, you have such an anointing. You have such a prophetic gift as well. But I won't go into that. But you really have such an anointing, anointing that I really love um, talking with you. Thanks, Mary. But we're going to say goodbye. Uh, this is your host, Inez. And this was my daughter, Randy Nicole. And we hope you enjoyed our segment of Let's Do Lunch. And hopefully we'll get together soon and you can join us again. And thanks for coming. Thank you.